It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. Once again, welcome to another Estate Planning Essentials program, gratefully striving to protect your family, your assets, and you. And I'm sitting with Dallas Elder Law Attorney, my attorney, who should be your attorney, Michael M. Cohen. Hello, Michael. Well, you know my middle initial is B, so I'm trying to figure out what the M stands for, but uh, I... Uh, so I guess just tell me what the M stands for. And it's got to be obvious. It's not my although it could be. March Madness. Oh, March Madness. I, yes. I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm glad that it was that as opposed to something else. I don't know what you were going to call yes, it. Yes, <laughs> well, definitely. And certainly uh, it's not really about you. It's kind of the crazy world we live in, whether it's uh, the COVID anniversary, pre-COVID, post-COVID. I'm not really sure where we are these days. I don't think anybody knows when we wake up each morning what the future holds. But uh, the madness in, in large or small form continues. And even just recently, the COVID bill was passed, speaking of. And it's a stimulus, which you had mentioned to be part of the program, that does help seniors. And you wanted to elaborate on that today. Yes, the one9 trillion dollar COVID relief plan, uh, which was recently signed by President Biden, commonly or also known as the American Rescue Plan, uh, delivers more than just the stimulus of $1,400. And of course, it depends on your income. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, If your income, if you're single under 75,000, married couple, 150,000 that phases out. Mm -hmm. Um, In addition to those people who get the stimulus, by the way, you don't even have to file a tax return if you're getting SSI or Medicaid. No. Um, yeah, so if you're collecting Social Security or railroad retirement or VA benefits, you automatically receive payment even if you don't file a tax return. But that stimulus plan, besides the stimulus and besides funding vaccine distribution for COVID and extending unemployment benefits, does give some other benefits for seniors. Um, one of the benefits is the expansion of home care. Uh, in, in other words, Medicaid um, uh, helps pay for home care. A lot of people are not aware of this. Uh, there are several programs in Texas that have home care where the government helps pay for care at home. What's happened, hmm. uh, you know, during COVID? Uh, there's a couple different programs in Texas. One's called Star Plus. When COVID hit last year, there may have been like 7,000 on the wait list. Um, that may sound like an awful lot, but a year later, because people weren't coming to the homes and things like that, and nobody wanted to go into a nursing home, the list has gone to over 21,000 people. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, yes, you can get Medicaid at home, but there was a long line of people ahead of you 
uh, and so you have to sign up in advance. And actually, part of our planning sometimes is with that in mind. Say, okay, somebody, he may, they may or may not uh, be ill now, or maybe they're at the beginning stages of an illness. Let's put them on the list because there's no obligation to uh, accept uh, being on Medicaid or to even give out financial information on that particular program. There's some real benefits about the program. I really hadn't planned on talking about it, but I'll tell you, there are some real benefits because uh, the amount, if you're if you're married, you could actually uh, keep a lot more assets if you're on that Medicaid at home program than if you went into a nursing home. And mm-hmm. most people prefer to be at home. Mm-hmm. But the problem is it's a, it, it doesn't give you 24-7 uh, you know, care. They usually the state pays thirty-five to forty hours plus medication. Well, anyway, um, so we do have that program here in Texas. People want to be taken care of at home. Uh, there is another program as well that doesn't give as many hours. It doesn't cover uh, drugs. But anyway, Congress under this law provided more than twelve billion dollars in funding to expand that home care and community-based waiver program for one year. Hmm. So that'll give uh, additional home care support. And you see, usually the way it works here in Texas was we get about, oh, two-thirds of our funding comes from the federal government. Uh, under those home care programs, there are, are it's, you know, Medicaid's a joint program between the federal and state government. And the... Our government, you have to get, you can do things in different states, can do things different ways. So not all states even have the home care programs that we do. We opt, we did give that option, and it is a popular option, as I just mentioned. And it became more popular than ever during COVID. Uh, also, the, so the state makes a contract with these different um, agencies, and then the they pay the agencies a, a, right, a certain fee, and then they, uh, those agencies have to go within that budget, pay somebody to come to the home. So it's kind of a, uh, kind of like hiring somebody to do stuff, and they do it at a cheaper rate because they have kind of a capped rate. Mm. Um, anyway, so, but this all, this funding also will, uh, increase the caregiver's pay. A lot of times, especially on the lower program, the one that only gives, let's say, 15 or 20 hours a week, you know, they don't pay the caregivers that much, and so sometimes there's a difference on the caregiver. The more you pay, usually the better, not always, the caregiver may be. Well, anyway, the Medicaid home care program has been expanded, and so that's a good thing that came from the Act in addition to the stimulus. Uh, but there are other some other things as well. You know, um, so another thing that was affecting seniors is those who were in nursing homes, you know, of course, we know that the nursing home seniors were the hardest hit by the COVID. We, right. more, we saw more deaths from there than anything, any place, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. And um, so now the relief bill allows the deployment of strike teams to help the nursing homes who have uh, the outbreaks. And it also provides funds for uh, infection control in nursing homes. Some of the best, you know, I'll, I'll say this, I'm on a couple nursing home boards and the, you know, they try to do so much to pro- try to protect people. They, besides taking the temperature, uh, there are sometimes um, you have, uh, 
uh, you make sure that the caregivers don't work at other places. A lot of times, you know, they want to go from one place to the other to earn more money, to reduce risk. And, of course, there's been the situations of how you could visit. And of course, they're relaxing how you could visit now, but there's been some different nursing homes do different things, and different states have different rules. And, in fact, Texas, I think, just uh, this past week uh, had a bill where you could have easier for visitation uh, so, and and the government's also trying to make it easier, relax restrictions on uh, visitations as we are starting to open up. Well, anyway, uh, the the funds for the nursing homes to help them out in these times is another way that um, the COVID relief bill has helped. There's another one that uh, on you know a lot of employers they had pensions, but the pensions um, are about to go belly up. Mm-hmm. So they're, they they had underfunding. And mm-hmm. so the act also created a system for those plans that are insolvent to get grants, to keep benefits to paying, just kind of like, like some people get pensions for, you know, from prior, from where we work. Um, just like some people only get Social Security, other people get pensions in addition. So this will uh, allow insolvent plans to, keep their uh, full benefits to uh, former workers. Another thing that um, was affected by the act was the medical expense deduction. You know, if you have medical expenses that exceed 7.5% of adjusted gross income, you could take a deduction. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to go up to 10%. And now I'm going to tell you how old I am uh, and tell you how stupid I am as well. Uh, because I, when I was younger, the medical expense deduction was at two percent, and it was supposed to go up to seven and a half percent. And I knew that, uh, and it was about it was September, and I was going to have my wisdom teeth taken out. And I said to the doctor, uh, who uh, he said to me actually, the oral surgeon, he said um, one tooth is really bad, another one is iffy, and the other two are okay. Now, this was in September before the bill was to be effective in January. I said, take all my teeth out. He said, why would you want all your teeth taken out? I told you only one was really bad. One was iffy, and the other two were okay. I said, well, the tax law changes on January 1. (laughs) He said, well, you are my only patient that's come to me for tax planning. Right, right. So anyway, uh, it's now it's still at that seven and a half percent level. It shows you how much I think about taxes, but yes. probably shouldn't you should, probably shouldn't let the tax dog uh, tax uh, tail wag the dog. Right. Uh, but uh, <laughs> anyway, that deduction remains at seven and a half percent. It was going to go up to ten percent. So a lot of times, uh, people use this either for paying the medical expenses of a parent, uh, and so a lot of times uh, that could have a deduction. Whereas uh, you know, used to be now we only have the standard deduction, but there are some things if you have high medical expenses. Glad well, to hear it. one final thing that I'll mention mm-hmm. uh, on the COVID relief bill is that the Older Americans Act, some of those programs are going to be expanded, like including vaccine outra- uh, outreach, mm-hmm. uh, caregiver support. There's an ombudsman program in Texas. We have it where there's a go-between between the nursing homes and the uh, 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 patients, their families, where there's a lot of times there's problems. And so this gives some more support to those programs, in addition to 
transportation for older Americans with disabilities, and some other uh, programs that help out uh, elderly, uh, like in situations where there's some disputes. So, uh, so it does cover the act covers a lot of different things um, uh, for seniors in addition just to the stimulus. By the way, if the person gets, let's say, this fourteen hundred dollars, uh, you know, Medicaid is means tested. Uh, we talked about this after the stimulus last year, uh, probably, but the $1,400 doesn't count as an asset for a year. So you have a year to spend that money for it to count before it counts as a resource for Medicaid. Medicaid is means-tested, and so a lot of times either people are on either SSI or they're on Medicaid, let's say, in a nursing home, or as we talked about before, that community-based program where they look at your resources, uh, and that $1,400 uh, would not count as an asset. Got it. Very understandable. Very helpful to know all of this. I'm very pleased to know that they're making some serious progress for seniors, which is so important to you and to me, and they're getting the recognition and assistance that they deserve. My only fear is what this COVID uh, virus has created worldwide, but including especially this country. And that is, Michael, they're just kicking the can down the road because right now, last I look, we're about $26, 27000000000000 trillion in debt if you include whatever they call intra-governmental holdings or whatever the phrase is. That's a lot of money that your kids and grandkids are really going to feel and suffer from down the road, uh, pardon the pun, I'm sad about it, but we have lives to worry about now, including those in nursing homes and the elderly. And I'm glad you're as concerned about them uh, as anyone and uh, keeping a watch on these new rules and regulations to help our audience. And um, obviously, because of this program, what can happen is it will trigger questions, ideas, and other things that they want to ask Michael about. And the way to do that, the way to get Michael's attention and ask those questions specifically, is to attend his next online virtual workshop, which is basically a Zoom video conferencing gathering. And that is on Tuesday, April the 6th at 1 o'clock. And, Michael, please tell the audience all about that. Well, we ask people what they want to know. And, Mm -hmm. of course, today we've just been talking about a new law, and I don't know that anybody would be asking questions particularly about that. Mm-hmm. But there, except for some of the things that we talked about today, like on Medicaid, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times people do ask, how do we get the government to help assist on care, co- care costs, whether it be at home or in a nursing home? There are certain mm-hmm. rules. Uh, but it could be on estate planning. That's much more common that people ask about how do we create trust or wills or whatever to try to accomplish whatever our goals might be. And, you mm-hmm. know, somebody just asked me uh, this week, uh, how much is a will cost? Well, I said, well, how much is a car cost or how much is a house cost? Mm-hmm. I don't know because you don't know what bells and whistles people want. Right. Uh, so it really depends on what your goals are. So one of the things that we talk about the workshop is what are your options? What are your protections? What is it that you want to protect? Do you want to protect your family? Do you need to protect for taxes? You, you just mentioned, uh, you know, how we had this big deficit. How are we going to pay for that deficit? Mm-hmm. Is there going to be an increase in taxes? Do we expect that? What will those things look like? 
What right. planning should we be doing now, or what can we expect to be doing in the future? Right. If, are we, is there going to be a higher income tax? Is there going to be a loss of step-up in basis? Is there going to be uh, uh, a different capital gains tax rate? Is there going to be a state tax rate that's going to be on a lower amount of assets? Is there going to be something new with generation-skipping transfer taxes? Is there going to be something on gift taxes that are lowered, the amount that you get? Right. All these things I've just mentioned are really things that will pro- that could be or will be may be addressed uh, in the near future that we anticipate that will uh, could be coming before us before we know it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we just don't know uh, what people are going to ask about, uh, and we say, what do you want to know? Uh, and uh, and by the way, you mentioned it was a Zoom uh, workshop, and you're right. Uh, we make it really easy. We kind of have somebody just kind of walks you through it. If you've never done a Zoom, uh, we make it very simple. So sometimes you can do this even from your cell phone. Uh, and it's two hours. It's free. There's no obligation. You just ask what you want to know, and you'll see what the questions are that other people might ask as well. In addition, if you go to the two-hour free estate planning essentials workshop, we give you a free vision meeting as well which means look at your individual situation on a more detailed basis should you desire to do that. There's no obligation to do that, but you're welcome to do that. And so you get three free hours without any obligation. And all you have to do to sign up to get to go to that free estate planning essentials workshop is call our number at 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. 0102 or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. Excellent. Thank you for that. Um, also, Michael, we want to take the last five or ten minutes of the program to get an update. Uh, we'll call Celebrity Watch, um, where but you are not really watching the celebrities as much as you are on behalf of our listeners, but still. Um, we have an update coming from you regarding Aretha Franklin, the great soul R&B gospel singer who passed away in August of 2018. And I think a lot of people thought, assumed, hoped, and prayed that her estate planning was all worked out. And then, lo and behold, maybe not. Yeah. You know, I, I think when we talked about this originally, I said because they didn't have a, she didn't have a will, at least we didn't at the time of her death. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said she gave her heirs no R-E-S-B-E-C-T. <laughs> and uh, so, but and, but after that, you know, just so often it happens. And, you know, this was kind of like the Howard Hughes case. Remember how all of a sudden yeah. all the wheels came out of the woodworks? Yeah. Well, you know, first they find it underneath the cushions mm-hmm. in the couch. or the mm-hmm. couch, And everybody finds there was four children. Uh, that, that Aretha had four sons, one of whom was disabled. And um, the question became, okay, is it, it, was, it? they were all got along merrily mm-hmm. until she died. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, bad things start to happen. Uh, they find wills. I should be the one in control. Mm-hmm. And no, I should be in mm-hmm. control. And it shouldn't be niece. And it shouldn't be this. It should, Whatever. And so there's been all sorts of different, uh, you know, here it is a few years later, and they're still fighting. Uh, mm. And, and this, uh, they just recently found a fourth will. Great. Now, now this will 
in Michigan uh, was not actually even signed. An attorney who said that they had had correspondence with her uh, during the year before she died, but she never got around to signing the will. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said, okay, this is the person who's been charged. One of the kids uh, wanted to be in charge, and um, he never he didn't have a great history of financial success, I'll put it that way. And um, But he wanted to be in charge, and uh, there was a niece in charge, and she resigned. And, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what happens on these things. Here it is. Unfortunately, the, who wins is the attorneys or the state mm-hmm. because uh, the, you know, our government, this is another, you know, I never thought of it this way, or maybe I had thought it before. You know, we were worried about the deficit. You know, we talked to Ben mm-hmm. about uh, how do we reduce the deficit. More people that are wealthy like her shouldn't do their will, so they'll pay the extra taxes. <laughs> like Prince did, right? Right, Prince, the artist formerly known as Prince. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. he got his title taken away. He wouldn't do his royal duties. Uh, right. The, uh, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, the uh, uh, yeah, so maybe all those wealthy people out there who don't want to do planning, uh, thank you for helping reduce the deficit uh, for not having you know your planning. Well, that's what kind of what she did. And not only, and so here it is. Not only is the government benefiting, but I'm sure that whoever is going to be in charge of the assets uh, is going to be being paid for. You mm-hmm. know, you have to pay the bills, gather the assets, invest, pay mm-hmm. care of the taxes, mm-hmm. keep the estate going, uh, all that kind of good stuff. That that gets a fee, and then of course there's all the different attorneys that get involved: the attorney for one son, the attorney for another son, the attorney, you know, for the estate. You know, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. Oh, the mighty we we web of the way, yes. you know, whatever the expression is. We certainly do that when we don't do any kind of planning at all. Yes. Yeah, the ostrich that has her head in the sand, uh, thank you for all those people who fail to plan uh, because it makes a lot of other people, uh, you know, sleep well at night because their pocketbook is bigger. Uh, yeah, that is quite the tangled web, as you said, and I don't. I don't know what how it's going to work out because if it were me as a layperson who knows nothing about this like you do, I would imagine the most recent or current will would apply because that was her final uh, documented wishes, except for the fact that you told me she never signed it. Yeah, you know, so I don't know that that would fly in most states. Mm-hmm. But apparently in Michigan, they could see what the if they could clarify what the true intent was of the the person who is deceased is right. that right. they can validate that. So they're going to have Goodness. to prove that that's, that was uh, her really attention and she just got too sick to sign it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, to me, you know, every state has their own rules, but I, you know, and I guess, you know, I guess you can make cases one way or another, but uh, to me, if you never signed it and that maybe you were having second thoughts, but apparently in Michigan, they have things, uh, do things different there. So, well, really, the moral of the story is, even if you do something simple, well, it depends upon your situation. Mm-hmm. Everybody's situation is different, and I guess that's the reason why we have the workshop, to look at everybody's different situations, to see what fits you. Uh, it's not like one car. It's not like one house. Everybody's situation is different, and we have to figure out what those goals are of the, plan, of the person and what their desired projections are. Uh, Again, so if you want to attend the workshop, uh, like you mentioned, the next one's on April the 6th. 
Uh, that's at 1 o'clock, and mm-hmm. all you have to do is call that 214-720-0102 telephone number. That's 214-720-0102, or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. Or Google Michael Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, Dallas Attorney, and he'll, he'll pop right up on that first page uh, for your searching, and you'll see for yourself um, how you can sign up for the workshop. You can find Michael's website. Um, you also do the podcast for this program, Mike, so anybody can listen or archive the program or share them with other individuals. Yes, and, okay. and those things have been really, you know, during the pandemic, uh, we started doing the podcast uh, years ago, and mm-hmm. uh, during the pandemic, podcasts have soared. Yeah, uh, more, you know, more more than ever, uh, especially in the beginning of the pandemic. So, yeah. you know, all the different kind of categories. It's not just the thing that we talked about today. Uh, anything from uh, veterans benefits or Medicaid to state planning and taxes and uh, state and any other, it, probably anything related to state planning. We've talked about on this show. Uh, will be uh, available on podcast. Excellent. Well, if you're looking for current legal expertise, then attend Michael's next workshop. He will help you, guide you, direct you, and it's free uh, just via Zoom conference, uh, a video conference call from the comfort of your own home. Dial 214-720-0102, to sign up. Jennifer will pick up the phone or Donji or Michael himself and get you signed up for that next workshop on Tuesday, April the 6th at one o'clock. And if that fills up, there's too many people you can just roll over to the next one later on that month or in May, or go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. Michael Cohen, we thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. A leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214 214- 720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770 KAAM for six years, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it is done your way and sign up for his next workshop today 214-720-0102.